ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I was wearing a light cream strapless dress, a puffy dress, which definitely was not me. I was feeling a bit uncomfortable bumping to everyone and couldn't anticipate the space that I need with that dress. Noosh, short for Nushin, has her long, thick, dark hair twirled into an updo with not nearly enough hairspray to hold it in place. On her face is natural, modest makeup. Exactly what she asked the makeup artist for on her wedding day. I have my mom's eye and uh, when I came and my mom saw me, she also cried. I think maybe she could see herself in me as well because I really look alike my mom. For Noosh, having someone to care for and someone to love her back is a dream come true. But her wedding day also means something else. It's a glimpse of freedom. As a married woman, I could travel more freely because when you're a single woman in Iran, you can't really book a hotel. You can't really um, travel by yourself. And um, I wouldn't have to keep my parents worried about me all the time because I wasn't like like many of my siblings. I, I was a rebel in the family. Along with the promise of freedom is the fear of the unknown, the new shape her life would take. I'm Fazadraki. Welcome to Days Like These. This story is from reporter Alex Lolbach. Shiraz is Iran's city of romance and culture. It's brimming with lush, rambling gardens and it's home to a bunch of famous poets. Growing up in Shiraz, Noosh is the baby of six kids. She wears a pair of small glasses over her large, dark eyes and she adores hanging out on the second floor of their home with her older siblings. And it was kind of a fun space for uh, my sisters and I to stay up late at night, listen to music or gossip, talk about um, love, talk about school. Iran is officially an Islamic nation, but Nusha's family, like many others in Iran, aren't practising Muslims. And they live a life behind closed doors that is all their own. When we were kind of in the comfort of our families, uh, we were party, we kind of had illegal drinks. My dad and my mom were drinking and, um, yeah, lots of dance, lots of music, lots of socialising. Beautiful, beautiful memories from that house. Nusha's family home is a sanctuary for her, one away from the strict rules of society, a place she's allowed to truly be herself. But outside their home, life is a bit different. When you are born and live in Iran, you find out about this inside-out life. When we were in public places, we had hijab on. My mom and dad weren't religious, but they're raising girls in Iran, so they were kind of a bit strict about who we are dating, if we are keeping ourselves safe. When she's 18, Noosh is well-practised in this inside-outside life, and her parents trust her enough to leave her alone in the family home while they spend their summer in the UK, visiting one of Noosh's brothers. So they were away for three months, and I was alone at home. It was kind of a bit um, strange, like lots of responsibility to pay the bills, minding the house. I got my driving license. So it was um, lots happening for me to jump into the adult world. During that summer, 
while she's interning as a graphic designer and building up her confidence in her creative field, Noosh also spends a fair bit of time online. She meets a guy in a chat room and they start flirting. We passed numbers and uh, we started talking over the phone a couple of times after that. When we were first chatting, um, it was mostly something really fun for me. There is a chemistry and there is some sort of connection there. The reality of actually meeting up in person is so very slim. They live on completely opposite sides of the country. The city that he was in was Babel, north side of Iran. It would have been at least 15, 16 hours drive. And if we wanted to take a plane, it would take two flights, one from Babel to Tehran, the capital, and one from capital to Shiraz, my city. It was a long distance to make meeting a reality. The distance and difficult terrain in between them doesn't stop Nusha's romantic daydreaming. I was thinking about the what ifs, what if we see each other soon or what if there is a future for us to get there. And right near the end of her almost a grown-up summer, just before her folks are due home, Noosh and this guy decide that he should visit. And it's no cheapo flight from Melbourne to Sydney. This is a real ordeal. He came with bus, so it was a long drive and he put lots of effort to come and meet me. And I remember for many years after that meetup, he kept that bus ticket as a memorial of like the first time that he came to see me. Of course, Noosh is packing it. She's so anxious for so many reasons. Meeting a strange man in public unchaperoned, could not only get her into strife with her folks, it could mean a serious run-in with the morality police. I lived alone for three months, and if I get killed by a serial killer now, that would have been a shame. But Noosh is also terribly excited in that make-your-tummy-feel-sick kind of way. I just wanted to see him in person and also hear his voice in person and also maybe hold hands and feel him on a different level as well. Her online suitor arrives in Shiraz late at night after an epic journey and stays in a hotel. The next morning is the big day. We went for a quick coffee. There was definitely some buzz there. And then Noosh surprises herself and totally ignores all the warning bells. So he came home with me. We had lunch together I could see the admiration and, yeah, he kind of, he likes me in his eyes as well. I was a really happy 18-year-old girl. They have a wonderful couple of days playing house, cooking meals together and exploring Noosh's hometown. But it's something he says to Noosh the night before her parents come home that has her mind churning. He said to me that I would like you to, to be my wife. And it was too early. I was too young. Uh, I obviously liked him, but this was um, this was too soon. And I didn't know what to do with that sort of information beyond kind of getting excited that, yeah, he likes me, he wants me. But also there, it, was, it was too much of information. Information that 18-year-old Noosh has no idea how to process. So almost as soon as her parents walk in that front door, she tells her mum the truth. 
well, most of the truth. I was nervous if my mom would find out that I brought a boy to their home. But I also I told her that I've met someone. I didn't tell her the part that someone was in the house, but I told her that I've met someone. Nusha's mum is acutely aware that her daughter dating this man in person risks them both getting into serious trouble. So she insists on talking to the boy's mother. Basically, my mom wanted to protect me and his mom wanted to protect him. I was sitting next to my mom and I know he was sitting next to his mom and he was kind of texting me like, tell your mom to say this. And I was telling him to tell your mom to say this. I don't think it landed on an outcome because both of the moms were trying to protect their kids. Nusha's mum doesn't exactly warm to his mum, but she can see that her daughter is really into him. So she gives her permission for them to date, as long as she knows where they are at all times. He visits a few times during the next year and things blossom. We were kind of girlfriend and boyfriend for about one year and a half. And of course it was long distance because I was still in Shiraz. During that time, he finished uni, he moved to the capital and he started his military service that all boys need to do that in Iran. Once he lands a solid job with an oil company, things progress even faster. The two families meet to discuss marriage. How it works in Persian culture, usually the family of the groom come to bride's house uh, with some flower and with some sweets. I was wearing a purple top because purple was his favourite colour. He brought us flower and he put tulips in there because tulips are my favourite. It's a casual chat at first, but... Then they will kind of discuss that our son would like to marry your daughter. And everyone's feeling it, the romance, the sweetness of the whole thing. My dad was cute on that day. You could see a sense of joy and sadness in my dad's eye. For him, seeing that um, his little girl is now grown up and would like to get married. Then comes wedding planning and Noosh is so excited to make her big day another beautiful memory attached to her favourite place. I insisted that I want to get married in my family home. I know it was a big ask because our home is not that big for a wedding. We moved all the furniture to the second floor. We had wedding planner coming and setting up chairs in the backyard and also in the living room so we can fit everyone. So we have really beautiful traditions when it comes to marriage. We put mirror that bride and groom can see each other in that mirror and can envision future full of love. We put candles, we put honey, we put sugar cane, we put nuts. So each of them represents something that bride and groom kind of can wish for their life together. Bride and groom are seated on a chair in front of the spread that we set up. And then um, women in the family are holding a detailed and beautiful fabric on top of bride and groom head. And they will grind together big sugar cubes for, for the sweetness of their life and wishing them well in life. We had our first dance. 
he's an introvert and when he kind of was in the middle and we were going to our first dance and he had all the eye on him, you could see how uncomfortable he is. He just wanted for first dance to be finished and everyone else to join us on the dance floor. And then it's time to party. And because they're at Nusha's family home, they party as they always have, just outside the rules. On the second floor, we also had some illegal drinks and people were going upstairs, they were drinking, they would come down. We had a good DJ as well with a nice set of playlists. After we had dinner, police came. Police came because in Iran you can't have parties that men and women are together. You can't have music and you can't have DJ because it's illegal, because women are normally not wearing hijab and it's sinful, so they send the female officers in. Everyone went and washed their scarves on. My sister went quickly upstairs, so they take all the alcohol out. The DJ was panicking because they could take all of his equipment away. The male officer came. He saw me like with that dress and he stepped back until the female officer came. He told to his colleague, the whore is sitting there. Then she came and talked to me. I was kept telling to myself, don't cry in front of them. Don't give them that pleasure to make you cry in your wedding day. So I was just holding my tears back. And then eventually we kind of had to pay them and because they couldn't find any alcohol, they left. By that time, the wedding was over. After the wedding, Noosh moves to Tehran to live with her new husband for the very first time. They move into an apartment and deep in the warm, fuzzy bubble of a newlywed, Noosh starts nesting. I loved our home. We decorated it with lots of love. And as soon as you would walk into our home, you could sense that this is our home. It had personality of both of us. I think I was um, I was good at being a new wife. There was lots of date night at home, cooking nice meals, putting cute notes in the lunch bag. But yeah, we would definitely were cruising the honeymoon phase. But as great as Noosh feels inside her new home with her new husband, there's no honeymoon phase with Tehran itself, compared to serene Gardenfield Shiraz. Tehran's busy and loud, and 20-year-old Noosh doesn't know a soul. The home itself was good, but whenever I was going out, I was homesick and I was also... A lot of sense of um, kind of being lost because I was looking for a job. I didn't know the streets. I didn't know people. Um, I really didn't like the culture of the city. Feeling like an alien in her new city, Nusha's confidence starts to falter. Any opportunity that I could use, I would jump on a bus or a plane and I would come to Shiraz to see my family. Nush has worn glasses since she was a kid. And with a lot of time on her hands and the wedding well out of the way, she decides to have eye surgery to finally do away with those pesky specs. Almost about three months after our wedding, I had my eye surgery. 
It was um, a bit painful after that, and it was also a bit isolating because uh, the recovery phase was long and I couldn't watch TV or read that much and I was spending lots of time in bed or listening to podcasts and music. One day, Noosh feels some discomfort in one of her eyes that's a bit out of the ordinary. She can see, but she's meant to keep her eyes closed and dry most of the time. Worried about her pain, she reaches out to Dr Google. I think he went to supermarket to get something and the laptop was on dining table. And uh, as soon as like I um, turned on the laptop, there were um, like the, the, the chat was open, and there were um, different chats from uh, with different people, um, all at the same time, and um, they were all women. It was sex chat. They were sending him notes as well. Some, some part of me wanted to close the laptop and don't read them. But, um, of course, we all know what happens in this situation. You just kind of read a bit further, even though that you don't want to. Um, so I had like four different screens open in front of me and I scrolled up and I read all of them. I was in a recovery phase and it was important for me to keep my eyes moist and not cry. But I couldn't control it, like my tears were coming down. Her husband had created a different story about himself for every single one of the women he was chatting to. For one, me as a wife doesn't love him. We are not having that much of intimacy or we're not having sex. And then the other one was just like he was a single guy just studying um, at a university in Tehran. He came home and he saw me crying and then we had a fight. Noosh had perhaps naively thought that cheating only happened in relationships that had gone stale over time. But we were freshly wet. We were just new in our home. We just came back from a nice holiday and I was more wondering why, like why people need to cheat when things, they're fresh, they are fun and they're kind of, it's still warm, it's still um, tender. I felt scared, I felt scared and I felt really lonely and all I could think about is just, I just want to go home and I want to go to my family and I want to kind of spend time in my room. This is not where I belong. Upon Nusha's mum's advice, they go to marriage counselling and things do seem to get better. But even though he's the one cheating, the pressure is always on Noosh to be a better wife, a better woman, and then maybe the infidelity will stop. So it went through some good time, some no cheating time. Something would trigger him and the cheating would spike. And uh, it didn't kind of went better over time. A while later, Noosh turns to her mother-in-law for advice and her response is to take Noosh shopping for sexy lingerie and to lay the blame squarely back onto Noosh. Well, as a woman, you hold some sort of responsibility. Your husband is like a tabletop and it's the women's responsibility to be the leg of that table to hold the relationship and hold the marriage together. 
I had a chat with his dad. On our wedding day, he hugged me and he said, I have one daughter and now you're my second daughter. I'll back you no matter what. And I thought he will come to me with some wisdom and he would talk with his son and trying to fix this. But he told me that basically I need to suck it up as a woman. The message is clear. This is a problem for Noosh to fix. She's at a loss as to what to do. What happens if I leave and have have no one around me? What's the future going to look like? Am I going to get divorced and go back to my mom's house? When you get divorced in Iran as a woman, it's really bad. The culture is really bad. You're, you're seen differently. You, you can't have any sort of life. I didn't want to, to be in that position. I didn't want to be in that situation. So I considered leaving, but I didn't act on it. After a year of marriage, cheating and counselling, Noosh and her husband immigrate to Australia. Noosh's husband had been involved in some political stuff, so they leave Iran for their safety. Coming to Australia kind of happened a bit quick for us. I think there were lots of anxiety about what future in Australia going to hold. I'm leaving my family behind, I'm leaving my home behind, and life never going to be the same because um, you're going to live in a country that doesn't speak your language, doesn't have your culture. The marriage is already so fragile by the time Noosh and her husband move to Australia. But the upheaval does bring a new element to their relationship. Didn't really bring us together, but um, navigating the newness made us be dependent on one another a bit more because we didn't have family or friends. We just had each other here in Australia. He continues the cheating in Australia often with women in the Iranian community, some of the few people that Noosh has come to know in her new home. When we were in Iran and I would find out that he was cheating, it was usually an apology. And then he comes with a letter or a flower and he tries to make up. But when we came here, he became more defensive when I was finding out about cheating. He would make it a big fight. Well, you are um, you are not good enough. Uh, you're not good in bed. I'm not really satisfied with you. We are not having sex that often. I have needs. And then her husband has a whinge about their sex life on the family group chat. He was sending voice messages to my mom about a really private aspect of our sex life to blame me for not being good enough. As a good wife, Noosh does everything in her power to be better for her husband. And then I was doubting myself. Um, My confidence and self-esteem was going so down that I couldn't act on anything. I had this kind of anxious sense in me that I didn't want the relationship to end. Despite all this, Noosh decides that she needs to do something to change things, if not in her marriage, then for herself. So she enrols herself in university. When I went to uni, I had um, lots of good friends around me and 
supporting me navigating um, who I am, who I am as, as a person. Confidence slowly building. She finishes her degree and lands her dream job. For the first time in her married life, Noosh has her very own pay packet. It was something that um, I was exceptionally good at. Um, I was also getting paid enough to know that I can manage by myself. It was that time that I could see that some of the fears that I had about living alone are not there anymore. Nusha adores her new job, but she starts to notice that the inside-outside life that she was so familiar with in Iran has crept into her life here in Australia. But now the situation is reversed. She feels more comfortable outside her home. When I was arriving home and parking my car, I couldn't get out of the car. Going back to that house and pretend that it's all okay. And I could see that when I'm at work, I'm confident, I am trusted, I am acknowledged for whatever I do. I was known for my humor. I was kind of encouraged to take on more projects. I was developing confidence. And when I was coming home, um, my home was so cold. The vibe, the vibe was so cold. This kind of inside out and this kind of living this double life was so challenging for me. Noosh and her husband fall back into their typical cycle. Things are okay, then they're not. He cheats and then they fight. But one day, they have a fight that finally breaks that cycle. Um, I went out to to get some fresh air. And when I came back, um, he was packing. He packed his suitcase and he said, like, I'm, I'm booking an Airbnb. I, I need some time to, to think. And I think you need some time to think as well. And then as soon as he closed the door, I just messaged him and I said, extend your Airbnb. This is over. I was feeling lonely, I was feeling scared, and I was still navigating a a lot of grief. Ten years of my life, I've stayed, I've built a life. I loved someone, even though that they didn't love me back. Noosh starts selling furniture online and sorting out the accumulation of stuff over ten years of marriage. And then she finds somewhere new to live. I found a really cute home. I signed a lease. As soon as I could, I moved out of that house. And takes with her one single piece of furniture. When I moved to their new home, I knew it's best for me to leave all the furniture behind and build a home with new things. The only thing that I brought from the old house with me is our coffee table. It goes back to the comment that his mom made around him being a tabletop and I'll be the coffee table legs. And I love having that coffee table with me because it's a daily reminder that whenever I look at it, wherever I sit down on the couch, have um, a cup of coffee, I remember that I'm no one's table and that coffee table is a really good reminder to think about that almost every day.
That was Noosh telling her story to Alex Lulbeck. Days Like These is hosted by me, Faz Adraki. Sound design is by Isabella Tropiano. Sophie Townsend is our executive producer. This story was produced on the traditional lands of the Gundungara and Gadigal peoples. If you haven't already, head to your favourite podcast app and chuck us a follow so you can keep listening and never miss an episode. Next time on Days Like These. I was like, well, what are they doing? Like, where are they going to go? There's huts everywhere. Like, where are they going to go? And she said, well... Derida, which is my grandmother, she's like, Derida has climbed a coconut tree to, she's climbed the highest one she can find, which was just hilarious to me because, first of all, it's like, if a tsunami's coming, please don't be up a coconut tree. That's next time on Days Like These. I'm Faza Draki, and I'll see you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.